0: Hello, everyone. So this topic, today's topic, is probably going to be our most emotional one yeah. as of yet. Yeah. Um, so bear with us. Um, well, today we're going to talk about grief and loss. And I feel like this is a very important topic for both of us Mm -hmm. because sadly we both have lost close family members and we both have lost close friends. And whereas I think, you know, it's very hard to lose like grandparents and great grandparents Mm -hmm. and aunts and uncles. It kind of is the way of life that your elders die before you do. Yeah. But when you bury a friend, I feel like that is a different level of grief because I feel like that makes you
1: re-examine your life. A friend. We've had people that we've reached out that have buried their parents. Yeah. Um, siblings. Mm-hmm. Babies. Babies. Yeah. Uh, so it's a very loaded topic, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's important to talk about because, you know our one of our episodes we talked about therapy and how there's a stigma with that. Yeah. And I feel like there is a stigma when it comes to grieving. Yeah. A lot of people think that you're supposed to grieve certain ways and it's different for everybody.
0: It's different for everybody and it's different for every loss. Yes. Cause yeah. When my grandfather passed away, he had been sick for a very long time. But when he died, I went through this stage Where I basically didn't want to do anything, Mm -hmm. but I had to feel like he was with me. So as gross as it sounds, I didn't want to shower because I was like, if he's always with me, it's not appropriate for me to shower. Yeah. And I just went through an extended period of time. Like I still showered, but my boyfriend at the time had to be like, you need to shower. Yeah. Like, come on, let's get you up. And he would help me. And, you know, I... I just couldn't comprehend for a while that my grandfather is always with me. That does not mean that I can't take a shower. That does not mean that, you know, I can't, I can't do other things. He's still going to be with me. Yeah. Um, And then when Robbie and Kevin passed, I remember going down to the beach a few days after both of them and just crying. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of anger with Robbie passing. There was a lot of guilt when Kevin passed, which, you know, took a lot of therapy to just, you know, realize that, you know, for both of them, really that I couldn't have saved them. And, you know, they've been gone five years and I think, Something that I continue to struggle with is with Robbie, if I had stayed in Baltimore, would he have gone down that path? Could I have prevented it in any way or, you know, made him hang out, like hang off longer before getting into that? Or I don't know, but, and with Kevin, our last little hike that we got to have together We joked about moving to, like, a very rural area in, like, I don't know, like, South Dakota or (laughs) Michigan or whatever and buying a farm. And I would teach and he would farm. And we were joking about it, but it was something that would have made him so happy. And I deal with the fact that, like, could I have gotten him out of Baltimore? Yeah. Like, would that have saved him? And so I have a lot of guilt with those losses because, whereas I know it's not my job to save anyone, I miss them. And to have that thought that maybe I could have helped change the course of their lives in any way hurts. And then. Basilio Mm -hmm. he died when I was in England
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and we hadn't spoken in over a year because we kind of broke each other's hearts and but the last conversation we had which ate me up for years after he passed the last conversation, he made a mean remark to me and I responded with, I hope you fall off a building. And for those of you that don't know, he died jumping off of a building for a a parkour scene and he missed the mat. So I dealt with the guilt of him dying in the way that I tried to be cruel to him in our last conversation. Yeah. And I hated the fact that I felt like someone died hating me. hmm And most people that I've spoken to are like, he didn't, you know, he would have gotten over it. He just, you know, continued to live his life. You continue to live your life separately. And but, and then, I mean, Asa was murdered. Mm-hmm. And they never caught his murderer, as of yet. That was two years ago.
1: Yeah, it's been a
0: while. Yeah, it has. But I feel like with every loss, in some way, there's guilt. Yes, there's like I should have. I should have called them more. I should have visited more. I should have never said that thing. I should have, you know. And it's it's hard to just, I feel like that is almost easier than grieving Mm -hmm. because it's a way to just not concentrate on the fact that you'll never see those people again. Yeah. Instead you can be angry with them or you can be angry with yourself and you know, it's, but in the end, you know, I said in another episode, I talk to Robbie and Kevin all the time. They've, honestly, out of all of the people I've lost, they're the ones I talk to the most.
1: Well, and then I feel like, you know, when you lose somebody, you're always looking for little signs to feel like that person is with you. You were talking yeah. about, you know, after Zadie passed and you went to the mall with your mom. And yeah. You instantly had that scent. Yeah. And boom, it brought you back. To that moment and you know the grief set in of how much you miss that person um and that's tied to memories mm-hmm. and I feel like sometimes with unprocessed grief like you said it's easy to just question the what-ifs yeah. because if you do that it it's not solidified that they are not coming back you know they're not physically here yeah but it's kind of like your way of well, I'm just going to keep this going like they are here. Um, and it's hard. It's a hard line to walk. And I feel like, you know, I remember when Zadie passed away, you were in New York. Yep. And I remember seeing, and immediately I called you, it went to voicemail, and I texted you. I'm like, oh, my God, because I knew how much he meant to you yep. and your mom. And I remember the only thing you could say back to me is, I'm numb. And I remember like sitting up and crying and kind of, I was like, are you okay? And I was like, no, like, this is, this is the, this is going to be the one that that's going to, it's going to break her.
0: Yeah. When, so that day, <clears throat> Leif and I woke up and the first thing he said to me is, why did your mom call?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Cause she called him. She didn't call me. And as soon as he said that, you know, I was like, something's wrong. So I called her back and she told me and I lost it. Like yeah. I, you know, Leaf was there to comfort me. And, you know, he, he was amazing through the whole process. You know, he took that day off of work. We went and bought me a black dress that would have been appropriate for the funeral. Cause mm-hmm. you know, my Orthodox family would be there and I already had a few tattoos. And, and then we went to a deli. We went to Carnegie deli in New York and we had corned beef sandwiches and pickles because some of my most fond memories of my grandfather was eating corned beef sandwiches and pickles. Yeah. And when I was. When we went to New York to see my great grandfather. Before he passed. for And also to do some things for Greg's bar mitzvah. We sat in an alleyway. In New York. Eating corned beef sandwiches and pickles. And so I, that's what I needed that day. Yeah. But. The tr- the bus ride, we took the mega bus to Baltimore to meet up with my family. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking out the window of that bus trip and just not even, it was so much more than just being numb. I didn't, I didn't know if I'd ever feel anything again Yeah. besides that loss that my grandfather was gone. hmm And like I said, he had been sick for a very long time, so we knew it was coming.
1: But I feel like you still, even when you know it's coming, you never fully are prepared.
0: No. You know, all of my vacations when I was a child included my grandfather. Yeah. You know, we went to Disney. He was there. Myrtle Beach. He was there. Ocean City. Sometimes he was there. You know, we, uh, Israel. Yeah. You know, he was there. He was always with us. And you know, since I have not been to Myrtle Beach since he passed, yeah, I don't think I can. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a beautiful area, but to be there without my grandparents,
1: yeah,
0: I just don't think I can do that. But um, when we went to the shiva, mm-hmm. like the funeral was, I honestly I can't remember the funeral. Yeah, I remember people coming into the room to give us their condolences. And I think I just sat there. Yeah. Like People would come over and they would hug me. And, you know, a few people sat down next to me. My mom's best friend sat down next to me and held me for a while. Yeah. Which she did at the funeral as well. Which she did at Lachie's funeral yeah. as well. My mom's best friend has st- st- stood there and held me through a lot of deaths. But I, I just sat there because it was surreal. Like I had sat in that room before when Laura's dad died. Mm -hmm. I sat in that room with them. It wasn't my loss, but I sat there with the family because they wanted me there. Laura needed me there. Yeah. But to sit in that room for Zadie, like. I think I had this like feeling that he was never going to die. Yeah. Like that was just not a thing that would happen. And, you know, my grandfather never broke a promise ever his entire life, except one. And that's a promise he made to me. And it's a promise that he made, but we knew he was going to break it. Yeah. And that was that for my 75th birthday, (laughs) him and I would take a cruise together on the QE2. Obviously, that was impossible. But I thought about that a lot the first few weeks that, like.
1: Yeah, I remember you saying, it's never going to happen. We're never going to take our cruise together. Yeah. And I think logically, I knew when mm-hmm. he even said
0: it that it was never going to happen. Now, I know that my grandfather was not 21 every year for his birthday growing <laughs> up. But on that day, to, like for it to be real that it was never going to happen. Mm-hmm. That, you know, he was never going to shake my face again or lock his hand around my wrist or, you know, call me alligator. hmm you know, like, that I was never going to hear his voice again. I didn't know how I was going to come back from that. Yeah. I honestly wasn't sure if my mom was going to come back from that. Yeah. And I think he knew when he was going to die. Because my mom and him always talked. I mean, they talked every day. But Friday night, they she called him to say good Shabbos. And then they usually spoke saturday mornings for like an hour or two Mm -hmm. friday night she was on the phone with him and she said okay daddy i love you i'll talk to you in the morning and all he said back was i love you too and she got a call at about three o'clock in the morning from Mm Lachi, saying that he had died and I honestly, for a very long time, did not think my mother was going to get through it. Yeah. Like, her world imploded. And I know, you know, she loves us. (laughs) But, you know, my grandfather was not just her dad. I mean, that was her role model. That was her protector, her, Mm -hmm. you know, savior. And when he was gone i feel like a part of her drastically changed mm-hmm. and that she wouldn't be able to get through it yeah and over the last 9 years she has gotten better with it you know she still she talks to him on her walks in the morning and you know th- th- this thing happens when we walk sometimes where You feel the breeze, Mm -hmm. but nothing is blowing. Yeah. And every time that happens, she calls it a Zadie breeze. Yeah. That he's just letting us know that he's still there. Yeah. And I like that. I I like that thought because it is a very strange thing to happen. Mm -hmm. Because some of the gusts are very strong and something should be moving and it's not. Yeah. It's like it was just for
1: us. And, and I feel like when you get those signs, they are almost like your little bit of hope and faith are restored. Yeah. That that person, no matter how long it's been, mm-hmm. you you have that feeling that even though they're not physically there, they're there. Yeah. They're still present. They're still watching. They're still with you, in a sense. Um, and sometimes you cling to those little moments. So yeah. it's, you know, I was very sheltered, I would think. You know, we we did an episode about family trauma and it was traumatic. But the one thing I will say is I didn't deal with I mean, my great grandmothers passed away within a year of each other. Mm-hmm. And they were my entire world when I was growing up. Yeah. That was really the first experience with death. And I was in fifth grade. That was the first experience with death I ever had. Um Mimi's mom my great-grandmother we used to call her Mickey Mouse grandma or MMGM and she died the first day of fifth grade and I knew it's weird because I went to school and we went to aftercare and it started getting later and later and later and we were always picked up around the same time and I instantly knew something's wrong yeah And, you know, I had talked about it. I got in the van and the balloon that we had bought her the week before was in the back of the van. And I instantly said, why is her balloon here? Yeah. She needs that. And I remember going in the living room. And then telling me, no, oh, she's not, she's not coming back. You're talking, it's been 20 plus years since she's been gone. And I still, like, have that gut punch, obviously. I'm yeah. hysterical. And it's not audible, probably, what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But my siblings were very young. So I don't think it's set in. But, like, my great-grandmother, I lived with her. Mm -hmm. you know for a year before I started school and we had our routine you know we watched my great-grandmother was obsessed with Chuck Norris (laughs) it was Chucky baby to her um and we would watch Walker Texas Ranger Hercules and Xena those were like our shows together um Every night I would go to sleep, you know, and she would sing to me when I smelled skin so soft, because she used to bathe with skin so soft, I still get misty eyed. But I remember, you know, sitting in the living room and hearing those words and before the sentence could even finish, I remember my uncle who raised me sitting next to me and just grabbing me. And it's weird because I don't think I slept that night. I cried hysterically. And I think the one moment I had where, like, I had to sit up. And I tell this to my great, my grandmother all the time. There was a weird, eerie warmth. So growing up, we had triple bunk beds. My siblings and I shared a room. Because um, we lived in, like, a two-bedroom townhouse. And I was on the top bunk. So I was the closest to the air vent. It was always cold. Mm -hmm. I think I used to sleep with like three blankets. Didn't bother me because I had the air vent and the fan. And I'm a hot sleeper. I always have fun. And that night I had a moment where I had to kick off my blankets because I just felt warm. And I like, I think in between like a cry, I remember like (gasps) one of those. And all of a sudden I just got calm and I could feel a warmth around me. And if you knew my great grandmother, um, it was just what she did with kids when they would go to sleep, she would rub my face and I could feel like that motion of someone just touching my face. Um, But it was also very difficult for me because I did not get to attend her funeral. It was in Philadelphia, we have a family plot up there she was buried and I have never been to her grave site. So for me, um, my Aunt Judy had just set flowers up there and my Aunt Wendy actually went. And my Aunt Kathy every year, you know, multiple times a year would go and clean the gravestones and, you know, trim the grass around it and put flowers for different occasions. And my Aunt Judy just sent flowers up there, purple flowers and butterflies. And put them around her grave. And my aunt sent me pictures, and it's the first time I've ever seen her tombstone. And Miranda Lambert sings a song, and in the song, uh, it's called Over You. She says, It really sinks in, you know, when you see it in stone. Yeah. And when my aunt sent me those pictures, mm-hmm. I was in the grocery store, I just got mm-hmm. them last week, and seeing her name. Um, it was instantly like, "Who?" it brought me back to that moment of actually losing her, even though it's been 20 plus years. So my great grandmothers were very, you know, it was the first loss I ever had in my life. And I don't think I had another loss until my junior year of high school. Well, and it was my uncle's dad that passed away. Um, grief has always been very difficult for me to process because I feel like when I love, I love wholeheartedly, and when I'm hurt, like my heart breaks wholeheartedly. Yeah. Um, and then you know it was, or no, it was my it was in my soft going into my sophomore year. One of my friends' moms passed away. She was a cop, and they went on a ride one Sunday, and she was on Alligator Alley and got in a motorcycle accident and died. Oof. And we went to the funeral in support for her. But that was the first funeral I had been to where they did the salute.
0: My grandfather had the salute.
1: It's devastating.
0: Yeah. He had the um, gunshots. Yes. And the, because my grandfather was in the army.
1: Yeah. And they fold the flag. So it's, they
0: had the, my mom still has the flag. It's
1: devastating. And it's one of those, I don't know, with every shot that they took, like, I could feel. And I remember looking at her daughter, who I was close with at the time, and just, how do you process losing your mom?
0: I get sad and emotional even
1: thinking about the
0: concept of losing my mom.
1: I think you know realistically, like, it's going to happen.
0: And honestly, that's point. the way that it should happen. Yeah, We should be the ones burying our
1: parents, not our parents burying us. So that was another one of my hard bosses was my cousin Randy. Um, he was my senior year at high school and it is the first open casket I have ever been to.
0: Yeah. Jews don't do open casket.
1: Um, I had never been to, everybody had been cremated or they just chose not to have an open casket. Mm-hmm. Um, so I remember I went with my grandparents because Randy was the cousin that like, you kind of have like that girly crush on. I don't know if I feel like everybody kind of has that weird family member that it's like a giddy, not incest, so don't mm-hmm. think anything weirdos. But he was just like that older cousin that was kind of like, oh, you know. Yeah. Um, and he was that for me growing up. Like he used to tease me. He used to. My cousin Jesse will tell you I was in love with him. Yeah. Um, the sun, moon, and stars could set with him, and I was okay with that. And I remember walking into the funeral home and I think I had one to go put my bag down and my aunt Dawn was like, oh, you could put it in that room. And I walked into the room that he was in, not knowing it was an open casket Oof. and seeing him in the casket. I remember just freezing and my whole body, like I didn't, I couldn't move. I couldn't breathe i couldn't speak i just remember staring at him and then at one point in time i guess i like regained control of my body and i bolted out of the funeral home yeah and my grandpa's like what's the matter i was like i can't breathe i can't breathe he's like calm down i'm like i can't breathe i can't breathe he's like i i understand that you you don't have to repeat yourself. He's like, calm down. I'm like, no, I, I don't think you understand. Like, there is no air in my body. Yeah. And my cousin Jesse, who was his sister, was phenomenal. Because I remember her, like, taking my hand and being like, it's okay. Let's go see him together. I'm like, no, I don't want to see him. Yeah. She's like, it's okay. And I'm like, no, I don't want to see him. I don't want to go. I don't want to do this. And my aunt, you know, had said – you I, you turned into a mute. I didn't speak that whole weekend. I was very like, I don't know. He was only 21. So I feel like I was 18 at the time. It was not like a huge age gap. But that was the first dead body I had ever seen. Yeah. And for a while, as weird as it sounds, the smell mm-hmm. haunted me. And I remember the first night we were there. I slept with my Aunt Lori because my grandparents actually got really sick that trip. And I slept with my Aunt Lori in her hotel room. And I had a dream that he got out of his coffin and was talking to me. And I remember hearing him yell my name. And I instantly, like, jerked up. And she had even got up. She's like, what is wrong? I'm like, I'm having really bad nightmares about Randy. She's like, it's okay. I'm like, no, you don't like I hear him like he's here and she's like Amber I'm like no he's here he's talking to me so that was traumatizing and then from there you know I had lots of losses I had you know friends that buried their parents I had you know childhood friends that I've I've had to say goodbye to and I don't feel like it gets easier no. When you have to attend a funeral, no matter who it's for, if it's a family friend, if, it's fam- if it is family, if it's, you know, I feel like it gets harder every time. And, you know, Kyle's, Kyle's grandmother, her, the memory had just popped up. She, Her passing had just, the anniversary of her passing had just came. She was 93 when she passed away. Yeah. And I feel like still even – knowing like oh she's 93 and she was sick like that still wasn't I we still weren't prepared for that yeah and you know that was a hard hitter for Kyle Kyle had never really experienced you know he had lost but he had never he was very young Mm -hmm. and I feel like in a couple years time he lost his great-grandmother who was a big rock for not only him but us you know and then his grandfather I was seven months pregnant when his grandfather passed away. And I remember going into ICU, into hospice in the hospital and having to see him in this induced coma and then pulling the plug mm-hmm. and us telling him it's up to him at this point. And I always, I told his mom, because Kyle had to go to work, his brother had to go to work. They, you know, they had said, you, you just need to come say goodbye. And I remember we were in West Palm and I said, I'm driving down. He's like, what do you mean? I said, if your grandfather passes away and I don't get to say bye to him because he always treated me like I was one of his own. yeah. I said, I, I'm not going to be able to live without. that. Mm-hmm. So I remember pulling up with my big old belly and he was so excited. He had gotten sick right when we found out we were pregnant with Madison. Um, and he was so excited. Like he could not wait. Kyle's mom was his only child, so he was so excited to kind of relive having another little girl, and he was just, you know, I remember showing him ultrasounds and, like, the 3D ultrasounds where you could, like, actually see her face, and he would light up, and I would tell him, you know, show him videos that I had of the ultrasounds of her, like, flipping, and he's like, you know, he would write because he couldn't speak because he had throat cancer, you know, she's going to give you a run for her money, for your money, And the last thing I said to him, you know, they pulled the plug and he kind of stayed like we could see it declining. And I remember telling him in his ear, Madison will always know who you are. She will always know who you are. You will always be her guardian angel. And I know you're going to send her to us with a kiss. And his mom will say it. It was the weirdest thing. Because everything was declining and all of a sudden he blipped and everything started going back up the minute I started talking to him about Madison. And the minute I stopped, everything started declining again. So I told her, I said, I don't think he's going to pass with us here. She's like, no, 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 it's declining. I said, I think he's, he's waiting for us to leave. And we left. And by the time we pulled up to where my brother-in-law was living, his great-grandmother's house, she got the phone call that he passed. She's like, how did you know? I said, he was just that kind. I don't think he wanted this. I don't think he wanted us, you know, making a fuss. I don't think he wanted us to be there for that moment because he knew how difficult it was going to be. Yeah. And I, hormonal as I was, you know, emotions were very high. And I remember, you know, saying that to Kyle and we still I laugh because I can still hear his laugh and things that Madison does like I can hear his chuckle in the back of my head being like I told you she's gonna give you a run for your money and in little things that I do his mom actually posted a while ago pictures of her dad when he was younger and Kyle is his spitting image I had never seen these pictures Mm -hmm. so I had always said with his great-grandmother you know Kyle has her heart and Kyle kind of had like a little bit of her smile and then I saw those pictures of his grandfather and I was like holy shit yeah so it's kind of I tell his mom all the time you know they're not here but Madison will do something and I'll hear his laugh or You know, there's a little twinkle in her eye and I instantly see his grandmother. And I feel like there's been traumatic events, even with Kyle, with work. And there's been times where I've literally looked up to the sky and been like, thank you. Yeah, because I know that they are the reason why he walked out safe. And I feel like with Madison, you know, there was a lot of loss leading up to Madison. And we had six miscarriages before we had Madison. And I don't know what it was. I don't know what made it stick. I don't know if, you know, that was God's way of, I always hear like when one life is lost, one life comes in. So I don't know if God, you know, knew that year, hey, you're going to experience loss, but you're also going to get the greatest gift. And my whole pregnancy, you know, you knew. I was on eggshells because I'm like, this is too good to be true. Yeah. Um, And then the minute she was born, there was just this eerie calm. I remember being like, I'm gonna be hysterical because I waited this whole moment for my life of my life to hold my child. And first of all, it was two pushes. She was out. And I did not shed a tear. I kind of just stared at her, like in awe. And there was a calm. And I remember telling my grandmother was in the room, his mom was in the room, and I'm like, they're all here. And I think his mom was like, what the hell? Like, what? Are you seeing people? You know, but I just felt like in that moment, almost like you daydream, I could see my great-grandmother's, his great-grandmother, his grandfather, all just standing there watching this moment happen for us. And I could feel like their presence was there. And I feel like, you know, I I can't even talk about my great-grandmother. I still, even to Madison, you know, I have her picture, the the one picture I have of her and I, I, you know, and I explain all the time, you know, who she was. And that's grief I still have not processed. And I think a lot of it is because I did not go to the funeral. And I never, I felt like I never got to say goodbye. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You know, with his grandfather, I told him everything I needed to tell him. His grandmother i got to tell her we love you we thank you for everything you did it's okay you go you know and i feel like sometimes when you don't get that closure it affects you a lot more yeah you know robbie you didn't get to say goodbye kevin you didn't get to say goodbye Zadie, even if he was sick you didn't get you know you didn't have that moment that you were able to fully be like it's okay
0: I feel like with Zadie, I didn't need that mm-hmm. because the last words I got to say to him for his birthday a few weeks earlier was, I love you. Yeah. And I was able to give him. Mm-hmm. I was able to give him one last hug. Robbie and Kevin are different. Because you're right, I didn't get to say goodbye to them. And they were both cremated. And I was here. Yeah. And the person I was working for at the time didn't believe in funerals.
1: Oh, great.
0: So I wasn't able to take off work to even go up and see their families. Yeah. And it took me five years to get up the courage to go see Robbie's mother. Yeah. Yeah. And I still have not seen Kevin's family. Yeah. And a few weeks ago, actually, when it was Kevin's anniversary, I messaged his mom and I apologized because I haven't got to see them.
1: Yeah.
0: And I told her that I, I cannot go into that house and him not be there. Yeah. So I'm just not ready for that. Because, you know, he's, he's on the mantle in their house. But for me, cremation is a very strange concept. Yeah. Because we don't believe in that. But I know from Zadie's funeral, I remember sitting in the room with his coffin. And I remember thinking, he's not in there. Yeah. And I feel like I did that with a few people. Like they're, they're not in there. This is not real. Yeah. And, um, the first body that I ever saw was my nanny's husband, Ollie. And I was about 10
1: yeah.
0: and I embarrassed my entire family because we went up to say goodbye to him and it looked like he was breathing. Yeah. And I looked at my mom, I said, mommy, he's not dead. And she's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, he's breathing. He's not dead. And I got kind of loud with it. Cause I felt like we were burying somebody that wasn't dead. Yeah. And I remember my nanny <clears throat> who passed away in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. I remember her coming up to me and kneeling to me and hugging me and telling me "That's your imagination and Ollie's really gone. And I remember I couldn't comprehend that. Mm-hmm. And I think not long after that, I don't, it wasn't even like, I may have been younger actually when Ollie died. Cause I was 10 when my great grandfather died. it was right around Greg's bar mitzvah. We actually didn't go to Israel when we were supposed to go because my grand, great grandfather was declining so quickly, you yeah. know, and I think one of the things, one of the traditions of Judaism that I appreciate the most, because I don't believe in most of them, but the one I appreciate the most is the week of Shiva. Because the first time that I experienced that was with my great grandfather. And we had Shiva at our house and I had the whole week off of school. And I remember a few days sitting in the living room, curled up next to my mom, listening to everyone that came to visit stories of my grandfather. Yeah. Because he was a, my great grandfather, Mm -hmm. because he was a very well-known rabbi in Baltimore for a very long time. Yeah. So people from
1: all walks of his life came. Can you explain to the people that are listening that are not aware what Shiva is? So in the Jewish tradition, Shiva
0: is a usually seven-day period of mourning after the funeral. It starts the day of the funeral and goes for seven days. And there are a lot of rules behind it. Um, the person mourning does uh, can't sit in like a comfortable chair. The, the funeral home actually brings chairs to the house where you're sitting, Shiva, and you sit in those. You cannot take... Showers for like an extended period of time. You cannot wear makeup. You can't do anything that could be seen as vain. Um, you can't look in the mirror. All mirrors are covered in a Shiva house. And it's just that time to spend to think about the person you lost. And for people, you can't cook. People donate food and bring food and send food and. Um, the whole week is just people coming and talking about the person who was gone. Honoring that person. Absolutely. And I remember Zadie's Shiva. I remember curling up next to leaf on my, my aunt's back porch. My aunt passed away about a month or two ago. Yeah. Whose house that was. Um, Mm -hmm. and she died seven suddenly, um, very sudden, but I remember sitting on her back porch next to Leaf and people coming in and out of the Shiva house, and I heard some amazing stories about my grandfather that week. You know, i and like some of his students came, mm-hmm. some of you know the people he grew up with came, people that he, I think there were a few people even from when he was like in Jag came like so many different walks of life because my grandfather did so many incredible things. And I remember just kind of looking around. I didn't say much during Shiva, Mm -hmm. but I'm always that person that looks at their surroundings. And I was just looking at my mom sitting in the chair and watching her occasionally just check out. And my uncles doing what they do best and trying to make people laugh and joke. But also every so often seeing them check out.
1: Yeah.
0: And I remember my brother. And when my brother cries, I cry. Yeah. I cannot handle my brother being sad. So while Greg cried during that week, I almost couldn't be near him. Mm Mm-hmm because I was dealing with my own grief and because of how, because of my issue with empathy and that I take on other people's feelings, Mm -hmm. funerals are very hard for me Yeah, because I'm dealing with my emotions and I'm dealing with about, you know, dozens of others. Yeah. And it's just an overwhelming sense of grief. And with my brother, I'm very connected to his emotions. So, because we have a you know we have a very special bond. and I remember seeing him, there's actually a picture of this. He sat on the stairs, just staring at our grandfather's watch. And I remember seeing him and just knowing the pain he was in, you know, without even being too close to him, knowing how heartbroken he was. Because, you know, I have a lot of cousins. But Zadie was always with us. Yeah. We were, you know, we had Passover with him. We had every holiday with him. We had every vacation with him. Most of our childhood memories, we were in the pool at his house and Alex- in his apartment in Alexandria. Like our lives almost revolved around oh, okay. him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know. Him dying was one of the only times in my life I've ever seen my dad cry. Yeah, because my dad lost his dad before I was born, before my parents even got married.
1: So Zadie was that role for him,
0: exactly. Zadie, you know my my biological grandmother. I don't talk about her often. She passed away a few years ago. I didn't get along with her. But she never actually really welcomed my father into Mm -hmm. the family. She didn't like that my mother married a guy that wasn't orthodox and blah, blah, blah. But Sadie took my dad in and treated him like one of his own. And my dad had a special bond with my grandfather, just like all of us did.
1: Yeah,
0: And... To see my dad cry. My brother cry. My mom cry. Just broke me even more. Mm -hmm. Because. You know. I've had a lot of people die in my life. But Sadie is the one that. Like you said. It just shook me. Yeah. Like. Because that actually altered my life. Mm -hmm. You know. Like. I was looking into grad schools. I was, you know, doing all these things. And I, I remember when I got into grad school, I really wanted to call Zadie and tell him. Yeah. But he'd already been gone two years. And, or no, one year. I started after he'd been gone two years. But I remember like crying when I got in besides the fact that I got into grad school in England and I was going to be moving to England and that was amazing. I remember crying because I couldn't tell him. Yeah. You know, I couldn't hear the pride in his voice. Yeah. And, you know, just like my mom having his, like him being proud of us, mattered so much yeah and I still every you know every time I think of him and I think of what I'm doing with my life and everything like that I wonder like am I making him proud Mm -hmm. and I know there are some choices I make that he would not be proud of like my tattoos yeah and stuff like that but in the overall I feel like I have succeeded in making him proud of me not just by, you know, having a career and having a life that I'm personally proud of. Yeah. But also the type of person I am, I think would make him proud. And I know when my mom got her degrees, you know, he wasn't around for that, for any of it. And, I know, that was hard for her because when she finished her doctorate, she had had straight aids through bra- through bachelor's. Through masters, through doctorate,
1: mm-hmm.
0: straight A's, and I know that mm-hmm. on her graduation day, it was hard for her because I know she just wanted to be like, "Look, Daddy, I did it." Yeah, and you can't when someone's gone. There is no phone call. Yeah, there is no being able to hug them anymore. And so all these milestones, you know, like for you, like having Madison mm-hmm. and getting married and you know, everything that you've been able to accomplish, not being able to talk to those people. Mm-hmm. And I think in our friendship, the hardest loss I saw for you was when Ali died.
1: Yeah. It's still, uh, to this day, when I think about him. uh, So we kind of discussed him in a previous episode when Allie and I were living together. uh, My childhood best friend. We thought at the time killed himself, but it came out later that he was actually murdered. Um, He was with a girl and she got pregnant. And for a long time, she had basically told his family that she lost the baby. Come to find out, she did not. And there was justice for his family because they were able, somebody did their job. Yeah. And they were able to realize after doing, you know, a coroner's report that there was head trauma and that he was basically belligerently beaten with a large object and someone hung his body to make it look like he took his own life and come to find out it was his baby mama's ex that did it. Um, But, you know, I remember sitting on the floor of your room crying and Chase, I remember Chase coming over and he's like, is she gonna be okay? And, you know, him hugging me and like, it's okay, it's okay. Yeah, I remember, you know, we went and got the chocolate chip pancakes that day before we went to the West coast. I remember going to the beach and writing him a letter and throwing it into the ocean and
0: say that, you
1: know, but I remember we had talked about this the night before my wedding and crying and saying, you know, he told me this was going to happen. He was there for me. I think what, what the hardest part for me was, is that, you know, before I met Kyle, I was in a abusive relationship yep. where I actually um, got pregnant. Yeah. Didn't know. And my ex actually beat me to the point that I miscarried. Yep. Um, and it was very hard for me. It was a very, you know, I always put pride on myself that i was never gonna be that girl and then i was in that situation and Ali was he was my rock you know and i remember many a nights that we would sit and i would cry bitterly in his arms you know i'm never gonna find anybody to love me i'm never gonna have happily ever after i'm never gonna have babies like this is just it why did this happen to me i remember questioning things you know and him always telling me like you are going to have that you are going someone is going to love you like you've never been loved before and you are going to have the life that you want you just have to have faith and i'm like i'm over having faith my faith is broken and he's like you sometimes in life you just have to rely that your faith was going to carry you through and he wasn't talking like religious faith just the hope that you know when you put it out there, kind of like manifesting, when you put it out there, it'll happen. Just keep pushing because you're going to get to that moment. So I remember trying on my wedding dress. I had that moment. I remember that. And being like, you know, he was right, but he's not here to see it. Yeah. You know, having Madison, I think the, the day after I had her, I was in my hospital stay with her was very short because I recovered very well. Um, Kyle was at work. My grandmother had not come up to the hospital yet, and I remember sitting there. And I actually took a picture in that moment, and it's one of the most beautiful pictures I have of Madison and I, where she's laying on my chest, and I'm ever so softly just kissing her forehead, and I have my eyes closed. And in that moment, I was thanking him mm-hmm. and telling him, like, "Meet your niece." Yeah. Um. And telling him, like, thank you, because in that moment, all of my dreams had come true. Yeah. And it killed me because he wasn't there to see you. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, a big thing that people don't talk about with grief, too, is how you honor the people. Absolutely. That you have lost. Um, you know, for Ali, it was every time I eat chocolate chip pancakes, I instantly think of him. Um. Every time with my great-grandmother, I see gardenias. She hated gardenias. <laughs> um, she hated the smell of them, but she had them around her house. So every time I see a gardenia, I think about her. Every time I hear something about Chuck Norris, I think about her. And it's crazy because Bodie our dog, yes, we're extra. He has like a full name. And I remember I'm like, we were going to give him a middle name. Kyle's like, no, it's a dog. I'm like, no, we're going to give him a middle name. His middle name is Walker. <laughs> and for Kyle, it was after Paul Walker. Yeah. For me, it was after Walker, Texas Ranger. It mm-hmm. was like homage to my great-grandmother. And then, you know, for Madison, the surreal moment for me was my grandmother before she passed. I think it was my first year of school, like kindergarten. She had crocheted me, not a baby. It was a baby doll. And she crocheted a dress and a blanket and gave it to me. And I still have it. So because when my great grandmother passed away, you know, I had family who went in, her body wasn't even cold and cleared her entire house and took all of her belongings. Took her will, everything. <laughs> so we got nothing.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so the things that we had, you know, and it was a surreal moment for me. I remember setting up Madison's crib and putting the baby doll in the crib mm-hmm. and realizing like She's still here. Yeah. You know, and I have those moments where, you know, like you talked about the Zadie breezes where I'll do something and I feel like that warmth or I'll smell skin so soft randomly. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, there you are. Yeah. Uh, I think talking about it helps. You know, one of our listeners had said, you know, her hardest loss was her grandmother and she talks to her every day. Yeah. So I feel like sometimes – not just in the difficult moments, but, you know, like when Madison was born and I had that moment, the realization of her on my chest and looking up, closing my eyes and just saying, thank you. That's a big part of it. And, you know, movies, I am a movie junkie. I love movies. So one of my favorite parts of a Disney movie is Coco, where they have the ofrenda and they honor, you know, and they talk about, well, if you don't talk about them, they, they, they disappear. Yeah. You know, and I think seeing that movie, even Madison, Madison's like, oh, we, we need pictures. We need, you know, but how did they die? Let's talk about it. You know, we had a friend, one of the losses that I was dealing with a couple of weeks ago or. Yeah. Um, Kyle has a, a buddy that he's very close with that we've become close with. And his son was into drugs. 18 years old, he overdosed and he, he died. And I remember telling Kyle crying when he told me, you know, he passed away this morning. And I think that mom and me kicked in, like, no parent should have to bury their child. And it was like that overwhelming sadness of his life hadn't even begun. Yeah. You know, and I think, you know, you said it, you take on other people's feelings. And I think I've always been like that with death. I'm thinking of, you know, I'm dealing in my own grief. And then I'm thinking of, you know, my aunt, when my cousin passed away, hearing her over the coffin, like, just wake up, baby, just wake up, is, it devastated me. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, it stuck with me. Yeah. You know, seeing, you know, friends that have buried their parents and thinking, oh, my God, that, you know, my one friend that lost her parent, we were in, going into our sophomore year. She didn't have her mom for prom you know, those little moments that you really look forward to. Sarah, I had talked about, you know, there was a good month and a half where I would brush Madison's hair and just cry because she's not going to have that moment. So I think the way you honor people and you think about people is big. I think the emotions you feel, it's okay to cry, obviously, as we've done multiple times now on this episode. Um, And you find different ways. I think growing up, One of the movies that always stuck out with me and that I loved was My Girl. And that ending scene with Thomas J. I remember being very little and like feeling overwhelmed with emotion. Mm -hmm. That ending scene where she's like, where's his glasses? He can't see. Do you want to go play Thomas J.? And I'm like,
0: yeah, that's probably the most upsetting cinematic scene. Yeah. In existence.
1: And I, you take, I feel like you take everybody is Veda in that moment and yeah. you take on that emotion. Yeah. Um, But that's sometimes how it could be. You know, you talked to Zadie that you were kind of, you were numb. There yeah. was no, you know, seeing so many people go through these waves of emotion. And I feel like with grief, it does come in waves. Sometimes Absolutely. you're okay. Sometimes you're not. Um, You know, I, not many people know, but. Last year, Kyle and I had two miscarriages. Mm-hmm. We weren't really trying. Um, just kind of happened. Yeah. And the one that we had mm-hmm. was um, right before Mother's Day. And I had just found out. And we were kind of waiting. It was very early on. We were waiting for our first ultrasound appointment just to confirm. We didn't even tell the kids. Because I wanted to be sure, and I was the same way with Madison. I wanted to hear the heartbeat. I wanted to be sure that you know everything was there. Yeah, we were okay. And I started bleeding on Mother's Day, and the next day, you know, uh, it was very apparent what was happening. Yeah, and I felt like I said I was okay with it because we weren't really trying. And then I feel probably by day three. I was just drowning in this uncontrollable grief and I couldn't get through it. I couldn't think, you know, and then that was the first time I had seen Kyle show emotion. We had been through so many losses and he was always like, it's going to happen. It's okay. And that was one point where, you know, we had had losses after Madison as well. But that one specifically, I remember being in the shower with him and him getting emotional and being like, I I don't want to see you go through this. Like, when is it going to stop? When is it going to end? When are you going to not have to go through something like this? Because I know how hard it is on you. And I stepped back because Kyle is not an emotional person. Um, and I remember like falling into him and just crying. And it wasn't for my grief. It was for him because it was the first time he had opened up yeah. about how it affected him. Yeah. You know, I had always joked and said, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to push me down the stairs if I find out we're pregnant again. And it's not really how I feel. And it's a horrible thing to say. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think he was really set on the idea. I, we had picked out a name yeah. for a little girl. I had had a dream and kept hearing it like called in my dream. And I'm like, that's it. That's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, little boy has always been set since Matt before Madison, Um, but you know, you don't really think about how grief affects people, how differently it affects people. You know, I became a mute when my cousin passed away. My great grandmother, I still can't even speak about her without feeling like I have the wind knocked out of me, you know? And I think there's such a taboo attached to how you can grieve, how you should be grieving, and how long you can grieve. Yep. Because how dare you tell somebody, I don't care how much time has passed, that they should just be over it. Yeah. Because that's not your place to say it. You don't know how deeply that person affected someone's life. And you don't know how, you know, their every day is literally affected by that person not being there. So I feel like you know that's a big thing to walk away with is that people need to understand that don't dictate and think you can dictate how someone should be grieving, and don't ever tell someone that is grieving, it's been so long, get over it, never, because that's yeah. not
0: and it does come you in waves. Yes. because you know Zadie's been gone nine years, but there are times where. You know, Greg's getting married in yeah. less than two months, and there have been many times since he got engaged that I start crying because I'm like, Zadie's not going to be there. Yeah. Like, the you know, Zadie's never going to meet our children, yeah. and that's devastating. Yeah. You know, with me, more than likely, whoever I marry, my grandfather wouldn't have been there anyways. Yeah. Um, but with Greg, you know, Zadie didn't get to meet Elyon and like, to see Greg as happy as he is. Yeah. And, you know, we're all going to be wearing something of Zadie's on the the day. day. Yeah. We're all going to have something. Greg's going to wear Zadie's watch. Mom's going to wear Zadie's ring. And I'm probably going to wear one of Zadie's necklaces that I have. So that he's with us. Yeah. But I know that on that day, we're all going to have a really good cry. Yeah, because it's another one of those surreal moments.
1: But they're not. Here.
0: That he's not here to see. Yeah, and you know when Greg has a child, you know we're not going to be. Zadie's never going to be able to lock his hand around our children's wrists. Yeah, and that's just. It doesn't matter how long he's gone. Yeah. You know, I could get to be in my sixties and still think of when I walked to show with my Zadie Yeah, and he locked his hand around my wrist and I knew that I was safe. And safety is a huge thing for me because I spent so many years not feeling safe. Yeah. But I always felt safe with my Zadie. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why, with what was going, what's going on in the last relationship I was in, that safety also meant so much to me was because that type of safety
1: you hadn't felt.
0: I hadn't felt since my grandfather. Yeah. And so, yeah, it comes in waves. You know, some months I'm fine. Yeah. And I'll think of him, and I'll you know have a good memory or something like that. And then there'll be other times, like when we're getting ready for the wedding and stuff like that. Where I'm just like, I wonder what Sadie would say right now. Yeah. I wonder, you know, I'm a, I'm very close with my brother's fiance. And I know that my grandfather would have loved her.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I don't know how Greg feels about it. But it kills me that we're never going to be, be able to see the reaction and the, the banter between my grandfather and Elia. Yeah. And... You know, I've I've never even thought to think of my, like, to talk to my brother about that. Yeah. Like, how he feels. And I don't know if I ever will. But I would have loved to have seen. Yeah. Elle with my grandfather.
1: And. great to have a child and Zadie be able to hold hold that child. Yeah. You know, that's a surreal feeling. And, you know, we had even talked about. When someone passes, like Zadie or you know my great grandmother, your family dynamic changes. One hundred percent. I feel like when you lose that matriarch of the family or patriarch. or patriarch of the family, uh, your family isn't the same. No, holidays aren't the same. Big events that you have are not the same. Your even your family interaction with you know aunts uncles because it just your bond is just not the same. Cause I feel like they are that glue that held all of that together.
0: So when my grandfather passed away, the bond between the four siblings mm-hmm. ended up getting closer. Yeah. Because I feel like all of them in their own way leaned on my grandfather. And now that he's gone, they lean on each other. Yeah. You know, my mom was not, you know, the closest with her sister, but now she goes to Israel every year to spend their birthdays together. Yeah. And she talks to her sister a few times a week and they're very close. And I've actually built a bond with my aunt that I never had before.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and it started in grad school because she helped me with something for grad school and we've kept in touch throughout the years since. <clears throat> but I feel like, you know, my grandfather – was like the definition of a patriarch. Yeah. Like, you know, he took, and he took that role very seriously. Mm -hmm. And I feel like now in a way, my mom has taken on that role for everybody. Yes. Because she's the one my uncles go to. She's the one my aunt goes to. She has a special bond with all of her nieces and nephews and their children. Yeah. And I feel like it's because of how close she was with Zadie. Yeah. That she's able to kind of like take on part of who he was in that role. Yeah. And I don't think she would agree with this statement that, you know, she's like the matriarch or anything like that. I my mom doesn't give herself enough credit. But I feel like she has taken on that role for everyone since he passed and she's done things because she knew it was the way that Sadie would have done it. Mm -hmm. And I love that for her because I feel like in a way that keeps him close, but you know, even like, so my brother's best man is Adam. Mm Mm-hmm who is his childhood best friend. I've known Adam pretty much as long as I've known my brother. Yeah. And the gift that he gave Adam for being his best man is my grandfather's peacock blue fountain pen. And this is a very special gift because my grandfather signed everything. With that pen. With that peacock blue pen. Yeah. Every birthday card, every graduation card, every like document that he could, it was his signature blue pen. Mm -hmm. And we gave it to Adam because, besides the fact that it was something he would appreciate and use, hopefully, because Adam had a special bond with my grandfather. Yeah. And spent most of the holidays until we moved down here. Adam was with my grandfather for every holiday. Yeah. And his mom. And I think that's a way, like you were saying, to honor people is to see the impact that that person had on each life that they touched. And, you know, at Adam's wedding, he wore something of my grandfather's Mm -hmm. and to know that there are so many people out there that were impacted in such a positive way by my grandfather that they honor him every day or every year. You know, in Israel, all the cousins on the anniversary of his death, they do like a little celebration in Mm -hmm. his honor because when you do something on the anniversary of the person's death, it's like giving them an honor in heaven. Mm -hmm. And it like lifts them up through heaven. So all of the children in Israel, which there are many of them, Um, they all do that so that they can give my grandfather that honor. Yeah. And it's nice that even people that even the children that never got to meet him. Yeah. And there are a lot of them. They know who he is. Mm -hmm. They know of him. They know stories of him and they're able to appreciate who he was. And, you know, my grandfather, was an incredible man.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, he did incredible things. He was absolutely brilliant. You know, at one point he was teaching kids that were his age and he was their teacher because he had already graduated.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, he, he was just such an incredible person and it's nice to be able to see people honor him or Mm -hmm. have memories of him. You know, Emily has memories of my grandfather. John has memories of my grandfather And I love, Brian has memories of my grandfather and it's so special for me to know that my friends and, you know, that they can remember him so fondly Mm -hmm. and, you know, I'll always have my memories of my grandfather. Thankfully I have many of them and I got to have him in my life into my twenties Yeah. And I do, you know, hope I'm making him and Lahi proud. But it doesn't change the fact that I would give anything to have them here.
1: Yeah. And I feel like there's a lot of songs about that. You know, one of the songs that I listen to is If Heaven Wasn't So Far Away. Mm-hmm. And you think about, you know, somebody had said, if you could have a conversation with anybody past or present, I always go back to my great-grandmother. And I always say, like, I would love to just sit with her and just talk Mm -hmm. about, you know, am I making her proud? You know, is she seeing everything that's happening? Um, I remember, you know, when we were trying, really, really trying for Madison and going through the process of going to the doctors. And I remember one day just falling to my knees in my front yard and being like, please, please, I just want to be a mom. like. I know you're going to make this happen, but please, like, and if it's not, just help me get through this. Um, So, you know, just to be able to sit with her and, you know, talk about Madison and David and Kyle and, you know, the things that I feel like she didn't get to see, but she did get to see because I want to think that they're still there for those moments. Of course. Um, And I think that's, you know, a huge thing, you know, talking to Robbie and, and, Kevin, you know, or having the conversations like they are still here. Because sometimes I don't know if you've ever done it. But I have done it where I will have full conversations in my head. And I can still hear them talk like what they would say to me, or what I think they would say to me. And I can still hear their voice. And Kyle's like, you're fucking crazy. I'm like, No, I was like, I just feel like they're in this moment with me. And if I'm having a conversation, I don't know if it just helps me process the grief of them not being here I don't know if it's just a coping mechanism I don't know what it is but I've done it many a times where I've like had a full-blown conversation and I'm responding and they're responding and um I feel like those moments are very special for me because I can still vividly hear their voice distinctly yeah um and I think you know that's something very special when a person passes that you are still able to do you know i had said sarah i had saw pictures popped up from a party we had at her house and there's a picture of us laughing hysterically i could still vividly hear her laugh yeah or you know you mm-hmm. talked about the gucci cologne mm-hmm. you still vividly like you smell it and it instantly puts you back to hugging Zadie or being with him or, you know, the gardenia bushes. My great grandmother hated them. Yeah. But every time I see one, you know, I remember when my uncle Richie passed away and I had went on a walk just to clear my head. And as I turned the corner, there was a huge gardenia bush in front of me. So I think it was maybe his way of like, I'm okay, but knowing, Hey, I'm with her. like We're good. Because I remember he loved my great grandmother when my Mm -hmm. grandparents, you know, Got married and he was there, and they everyone that you know, like you said, whose life that they touched, you know, my aunts and you know of my uncle that raised me, you know, even they say, oh, I loved her. Yeah, she was like a spitfire, and I have nothing but the fondest memories with her, and you mm-hmm. know, and those are the kind of things that. That's where you know they were. Some I was talking about. You know, Ali had said, "Hold on to your faith." Yeah those are kind of the moments where you have that hope and you have your faith and they kind of become restored because you're seeing that even though you have great memories, you get to see all of these other people that have them as well and hear about them. So they're constantly living on. And, you know, you will always think that a person that you love is, they are the elite and, you know, to see other people, say something of the magnitude the same way, you know, and it's fond memories. I feel like, you know, that's kind of a piece of them that lives on.
0: I love, I love that because, you know, for me, um, Zadie was like the be all end all Mm -hmm. of honor and respect. And just, you know, he was this like gargantuan role model and, you know, I wanted to be as brilliant as him and I wanted to be as giving as him. And, you know, I wanted to have some of the same values as him Mm -hmm. and, you know, but it wasn't just that I was his granddaughter and I saw him that way. Mm -hmm. People that weren't related saw saw him him that that way. way. And that's so special because that means he left such a huge mark on this world. Yeah. And, you know, I do have conversations like that,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, mostly with Kevin. Yeah. And honestly, some of the times when I don't know what I'm doing, I'll sit in my car. I don't, I, I always either sit at the beach or my car and talk to Kevin. But sometimes I'll sit there and I'll cry and I'll just be like, what do I do? <laughs> like, yeah. How do I get through this? Yeah. And I did it when Mike and I broke up. Mm-hmm. Because I went through like that, that feeling of like, no one's going to want me. Yeah. Like I'm damaged goods. Mm -hmm. Like nobody's going to want someone with as much trauma in their past and the baggage that I come with and the mental health issues I come with and the eating disorder I come with. And, you know, I remember sitting in the car talking to Kevin and just being like, Kevin, am I going to, am I going to be alone the rest of my life? Yeah. Or am I going to continuously be with men that abuse me and then leave me? Yeah. And I remember asking him, like, "What do I do? Like, how do I get through this?" And I would, I could hear the answers he would have given, mm-hmm. and I do believe that it was him giving me that advice. Yeah.
1: And I do it now all the time. And I feel like it comes to, I've had the conversations or you're like me, where you go in the car and you drive Mm -hmm. and I'll be like, just answer me, like give me something and I will have the radio on and boom, a song will come on. And I'm like, okay. And it, because I instantly think of that person. Um, and I'm like, okay, like that's, that's your sign. That's your, that's your, you're reassuring me, you know? Um, but I feel like, you know, it's, again, it's different for everybody. I, even with animals, mm-hmm. I, you know, my my best friend, Nicole, lost her cats and I remember crying with her. Yeah. You know, but I feel death on such a different magnitude mm-hmm. because I absorb everybody's feelings on top of how I'm dealing with it.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So I, I feel like when you have that deep, depth of empathy um especially with you know grief and death um it affects you a lot more but how you respond to it yeah makes a difference you know by having those conversations and hearing somebody you know Kyle is not an emotional person and you know we have a senior dog and I was saying I'll be surprised if she makes it to the end of the year and it killed me we got Bodhi because I told him we're either getting a puppy or we're not because I won't be able to do it after she passes. It was our first baby together. It gets me a little emotional. Yeah. Losing her. And um, he's like, you know what happened since we've been together? How many animals have passed away? It's and I'm like, listen, I get that for you. You know, like he, he doesn't process grief the same way that I do. So, you know, when we had had the miscarriage and I could see like his eyes getting watery and him being like, when is this going to stop happening to you? Yeah. And him feeling... In that moment, I felt like he was absorbing my grief. He was absorbing my emotions. He was responding. And I got to see like, oh, this doesn't just deeply affect me. It's affecting my husband as well. Yeah. Um. So those little glimpses I get of him, you know, he had a friend that he grew up with that passed away. He died in a motorcycle accident. It still affects him. His grandfather, he still wishes to this day, you know, he was at the house and he could go fishing with him. And you know, do the different things that he grew up doing with him. So I think it's important, you know, with our children that we pass those things on that we were taught from those people Absolutely. and we help them know, you know, Madison has conversations with Lilo. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's been many a times where she'll be like, mommy, do you see Lilo in the clouds? even at a little, as little as she was, she was five. Yeah. And she's like, I see, I see Lilo running in the clouds with Stevie Wonder. And, (laughs) you know, Lulu, when Lulu passed away, she was very little and she still fondly remembers Lulu. Yeah. And will say, you know, mommy, I think, you know, I think Lulu sent us Bodhi, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's the people feel things. And I think, you know, when it comes to children and your families and, you know, I think a healthy way of doing it is being able to talk about those people or those, you know, animals or things that you loved and about who you're grieving, what you're grieving and keeping it alive. Yeah. Because I think, you know, if you kind of bottle it up, you're not really dealing with it. And at some point yep. it's going to come out and it's going to affect you.
0: Absolutely. I think um, I think that that happens a lot, mm-hmm. where people, you know, someone dies that was very close to them, and then they do stupid shit mm-hmm. because they don't know how to handle it. Yeah, and they don't know how to talk about it, and they don't know how to say the words. Yeah. You know, I'm broken. Yeah, and I miss them, and. I think that makes it very hard when you get hit with a loss like Ale or your cousin or Mm -hmm. or your great grandmother for me, like Zadie, Robbie and Kevin and Lachie. And, um, I think one of the hardest things with me is when I talk to them and I'm left to wonder what they would have said. Yeah. You know, when I was going through the stuff with Mike, I I could hear what Kevin would tell me to do. Yeah. And it helped me. Yeah. But with the situation I'm in now, I'll sit in the car and I'll say to Kevin, like, what do I do? Like, you know, do I move on? Do I wait? Like, what, yeah. do, what do I do? And I can't hear him.
1: Yeah. And I'm just like. And those are the moments you crave it.
0: Yeah, because. You want the response. You know. Kevin's the one I would have listened to. Yeah. And as, you know, crazy as that sounds, you know, Kevin always had a way of giving me a more unbiased opinion. Mm -hmm. And he never sugarcoated anything, but he also never said anything that he knew would hurt me. Yeah, And he always saw things in a different way. And so right now I sit and I try and, imagine what he would say and i don't know all i know is that i miss him Mm -hmm. and i wish that i could talk to him like really talk to him so when i see that question of someone who like who would you have a
1: conversation with yeah i don't know who i would choose or if heaven had visiting hours yeah that's another one if heaven had visiting hours
0: i'd have shabbat dinner with all of
1: them yes if you could, or you could have a holiday where you could have people that passed who would be at your table. Like, those are things that, you know, you think about. And I feel like, you know, for me, every holiday I find ways to honor things that I've learned and grown up. You know, my great grandmother was very big for Easter. So every Mm -hmm. year, you know, we have to do a ham because that's what she did for Easter for my great grandmother, my, my Wella. Um, every new year's, you know, we eat our grapes and we mm. make our wishes and our, our, put our resolutions out there. And, you know, we will do a uh, Noche Buena the night before where we have the big Cuban feast and the pig and everything like that. And, you know, we will do like the black beans and everything like that for new years. And that's just my part of me carrying them with me. Yeah. And, you know, my grandfather being able to have those passed down and still know that, you know, it's been so long, but his mother is still carried in our traditions and things that we do. Um, I think that's huge.
0: Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons I still, you know, go to almost every Shabbat dinner and I go to services with my mom for every holiday. And I celebrate every holiday besides the fact that it makes her happy. Mm -hmm. And I want to see my mom happy. I feel like it's what my grandfather would not only want me to do, but expect me to do. And, you know, I'll still like my mom and I have a deal where I will go to services with her, but I get to bring the book that I want to read. Yeah. And I sit there quietly, respect the sanctity of where I am. Yeah. But I read my book, but there are some times where I'll look up, and I'll look over to where my dad's sitting and I'll just have a glimpse of a memory Yeah, where my grandfather was sitting there. Yeah. And on Passover, on the seventh day of Passover is the yard site or the anniversary of the death of my great grandmother. Yeah. And every year my grandfather did something for the show we were a part of in honor of her. Yeah. And my mom has continued that on since he passed. And the guy that runs the show actually spoke and said the memories he had of my grandfather. Yeah. And how generous and just how incredible of a person he was. Yeah. And he came over and said the same thing to me that my Zadie was just such an incredible person. Yeah. And, um, it just, you know, I don't like going to show
1: mm-hmm. at all. Never have. No. <laughs> Never. As long as I've known you, you've never.
0: I hate it. But sometimes when I get those glimpses and I remember, you know, my childhood running through the synagogue and running over to just sit with my grandfather in the men's section when I was little, you know, that makes it a little easier to be there Yeah. because I have so many memories of walking to and from shoal or sitting with him in shoal. and I remember him you know looking down at me and I'd have my dolly and I'd look up at him and he'd wink at me or he'd smile at me and kind of give me a little hug and you know it was I feel like I didn't realize how special that was when I was little yeah it was just you know my grandfather making faces at me
1: and I think you do until you get older and you either lose them or you start to appreciate it.
0: Yeah. And now I look back and I remember those times and I remember the looks he gave me. And I remember now how special that was Yeah. because of how important prayer was to him mm-hmm. and that he would take those, you know, seconds away from prayer just to look at me. Yeah. And just to, you know, have that moment with me. And now it reminds me of just how special I was to my Zadie. Yeah. And, you know, if he was Zadie to many people. Um, to me, he was always Zadala Bagala. That was, that was my nickname for him, always. And he would smile every time I said Zadala Bagala. Mm-hmm. You know, I would do it on the phone when I talked to him. I did it in person. And, you know, there, there are those little things that remind me of him. Like UF reminds me of my grandfather.
1: Yeah. I didn't go
0: there. I didn't even apply there. Yeah. But when I was applying to colleges, my grandfather said that I should apply to UF solely because then I would be an alligator. <laughs> And he thought it was the funniest thing. It would crack him up. And I was like, Zadie, that's not a good reason to apply to a college. Yeah. He's like, but you're an alligator. And so every time I see anything that has a gator on it from UF, I'm reminded of those conversations I had with my grandfather. Yeah. And, you know, I cherish every memory I have with all of those people. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm incredibly, I haven't said much about Lachie, um, I got to see Lachi a few weeks before she died. We didn't know she was sick, but she was probably sick when I saw her. Yeah, and for those of you that don't know about Lachi, Lachi was my grandfather's partner for many years. She was from Scotland, so she had a very strong brogue. <laughs> but for me, She was my grandmother. Mm -hmm. She was my Grammy. And because I don't have and never did have a real relationship with my mom's mom. But I had Lachie. And Lachie was such a special part of my life. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. when I had that trip with her. And every year I try and reach out to the guy that helped me have that trip with her. Mm -hmm. I talked to him yesterday and told him that. I'm so grateful for that time I got to have with her, that one last dinner, because same as my grandfather, the last thing I was able to tell her was that I loved loved her, and I was able to give her a hug, and, but it's the same thing we were kind of talking about in that long-distance episode. I didn't know that was the last time you were going to see her, yeah. And so I do still think back like the same as I do with, you know, the relationship ending. I think back and wonder what would I have done differently. Yeah. And the only thing with her I can think of is I would have just held on tighter.
1: Yeah. And
0: not let go as fast. Yeah. And I know Lahhi was proud of me. I know Lahhi is proud of me. I know that she will always be proud of me. I know that she would have supported me in anything that would have made me happy. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter what it was. Lachi cared about my happiness first. And that's one of the things that I love about her. And one of the things that I will always cherish about her is how much she loved my Zadie. Yeah. He was her world. And she took such good care of him when, you know, he got sick. And I will forever be grateful that my grandfather was able to know such a love as she had for him, mm-hmm. and now they can be together. And I think that's what helps me get through the grief with Lahi. Yeah, is that I know she just wanted to be reunited with my grandfather, and I'm I'm glad that you know I I have different thoughts and issues with what happens after we die. Yeah. But that is one thing that I hold in my thoughts is that no matter where they are,
1: they're together. They're together again. I think that's a really good place to think about. Yeah. And stop because uh, you want to be hopeful with the people that you love, even though you selfishly want them here, Mm -hmm. that they are happy wherever they are. And not in pain anymore. Yeah. That's a big one too.
0: You know, a lot of the people that I've lost were in pain before they died. Yeah. In many different ways. You know, Zadie had the emphysema. Lachie had her infection. Robbie had his addiction. Kevin had the pain from cancer and all of the other things that had happened to him and the emotional pain. Yeah. You know, everyone I've lost, except Asa and Basilio, but everyone I've lost was in some type of pain when they died. So I want to believe and feel like, you know, even though I miss them, Mm -hmm. I'm not, you know, I don't know, as kind of shitty as this sounds, I don't know if I... Would want them here. In the state they were when they died. Yeah. Because. I would rather miss them. And go through the pain. That I go through. Not knowing. that, Like not having them here. Than to know that they're alive. And they're in pain. And they're suffering. Yeah. yeah. So. You know. I My cousin. Once told me. Actually. It was when my grandfather died. He told me. That. Missing someone is for us. Grieving is for us because the person is gone. They don't know we miss them. We don't, they don't know what we're feeling. It's for us. And I remember I got angry at him for that because I felt like he was telling me that like, I was strange for missing my grandfather, Mm -hmm. but now having lost so many people
1: since then, you know, it is, you know, we. it is but i i mean my comfort is knowing that in some sense they know yeah that there's still you know again like wherever whatever happens mm-hmm. after we leave earthly
0: yeah
1: um i would hope that you know i hold on to the hope at least that there is still they still get to be a part of our life mm-hmm. and yes Grieving is for us because obviously they're not going through it. Yeah. Um, but I feel like they are still there for those moments and help us get through those moments. Yeah. And that's the hope that I hold on to. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, that's, it's a loaded subject when you start getting into grief and dying and loss, no matter if it's, you know, losing Someone unexpectedly versus losing someone that you knew it was going to happen. I don't feel like either holds more weight. Yeah. It's still difficult. If you are going through loss or you're grieving, don't let people dictate how you do so because I feel like, you know, there was a really shitty comment made to Nicole because she was devastated about her cat and, you know, there was a comment made to her of it's just a cat but it wasn't to her. Those were her children. Yeah. You know, those were her comfort. And we talked about, you know, you know, when you have a child that unconditional love, I feel like animals are the same way. Yeah. You know, they are unconditionally, they unconditionally love you and they had been through a lot with her. Mm -hmm. And I felt like that was just a really insensitive comment for somebody to make, because if you know, Nicole, you know how much they meant to her. Yeah. Um, So I feel like, you know, if you're going through loss or grieving, whatever it is, an animal, a a sibling, a parent, you know, whether it's been a year, a couple months, 25 years,
0: a couple days, um,
1: don't let people dictate that for you. I would say, you know, finding a healthy way to grieve Mm -hmm. is important and going through the motions of that. Don't go out and do something stupid just because you miss that person immensely you are validated in missing them and you are validated in grieving but i feel like you're causing more damage by going out and being reckless yeah um you know so don't find healthy ways to cope and then i think you know talking about it talking about those people remembering those people is a huge part of grief that i help think helps sometimes it may be hard to get through those conversations yeah but I feel like your heart becomes a little bit lighter when you are able to talk about the person that you miss Mm -hmm. because it feels like they are still here.
0: And I think you, you know, utilize the people that are there. Yes. Especially the people that have memories with that person too. Mm -hmm. You know, like you said, don't go do things on impulse, you know, because you're grieving, you know, lean on the people that love you, lean on the people that are there for you. Um, that have the memories with that person as hard as it is. And I know, you know, that I have a friend that struggles with the loss of his grandmother and has not always made the best choices since she passed. But I feel like part of that is because he has not talked about her.
1: Yeah. He's not processing his grief.
0: No, not. I don't think at all. And, you know, she was his rock. Yeah. And I think it's important for him and for anyone talk about these people, let them live on within you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's okay to miss them. It's okay to be sad that they're not here anymore, but we, we are still here Mm -hmm. and we can carry on their values and their beliefs and share their stories and, They'll always be with us. Yeah. So if you are grieving, like Amber said, it does not matter how long it's been. But if you are grieving, remember, and I hope you believe that the people are still with you. And they will guide you in the best way that they can. So just look out for those signs, those smells, those songs. The memories the memories and know that you know just around the corner there might be a gardenia bush (laughs) yeah yeah i
1: think we're gonna end on that that's a good note to end on yep so
0: till next time till next time